Will you pray with me? Dearest God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. This is Trinity Sunday, a day when we proclaim our faith in our triune God, God three in one. This is both a concept to understand and a mystery to celebrate. In our work with children here at Montview Church, we talk about these three parts of God as three ways of knowing God. We know God as the creator in the beautiful world around us. We know God in Jesus, in the stories of his life, what he did and said when he was here on earth, sent by God to show us God's way of love. And we know God in the energy, the guidance, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, parent, son, spirit. Now it is true that this explanation can prompt the reaction dreaded by every children's minister and Sunday school teacher. It goes like this head tilted, eyes squinted. That expression can send we adults scrambling for more teaching resources about the triune God. God three in one. Last week we celebrated Pentecost, which marks another mystery, the coming of the Holy Spirit. We will focus on the Holy Spirit again today. The Spirit came to the disciples on Pentecost, filling them with wonder and clarification about what they should do in that time after the loss of Jesus. It showed them in dramatic fashion that they would be guided by the Spirit and equipped by the Spirit to continue the work of Jesus. And that is what they did. The book of Acts from Pentecost to our story today is filled with details of their work. The places they went, people they interacted with, their challenges and successes as disciples of the risen Christ. As their work continued, questions arose. One was, with whom should they share? their message? Who should be included as people of the way? Just the Jewish believers? What about the Gentiles, those people who did not follow the Jewish law and were considered unclean by practicing Jews because they didn't? Our scripture for today that Kate read is preceded by a story that describes a spirit-led experience of dreams and visions and an answer to these questions. In this story, a Roman centurion named Cornelius had a vision. Cornelius believed in God and prayed often, and in this vision, God relates 
that his prayers have been heard. Then in the truly remarkable fashion of the Holy Spirit, God asks Cornelius to send men to collect an apostle named Peter. Cornelius sends his men off to Joppa. In the meantime, a very hungry Apostle Peter is in Joppa waiting for food to cook when he falls into a trance and sees something coming down from heaven. It is something like a sheet filled with unclean animals, animals that the laws of the Torah specifically prohibited Jews from eating. It is lowered to the ground. Peter hears God say, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Peter pushes back, proclaiming that he has never eaten these prohibited, profane, unclean animals, and he never will. Then he hears God speak again. God says, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. A story of spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit seems to so often involve puzzling dreams, visions, ideas that are unusual and easily seen as from a source beyond ourselves. In our story, Peter and Cornelius do meet and compare their experiences. And Peter says to the crowd that has gathered, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears God and does what is right is acceptable to God. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard these words. Some were Gentiles. This is a second coming of the Holy Spirit with the Gentiles now speaking in tongues. They were baptized that day and became people of the way. The Holy Spirit came to all people then and speaks to us now. The Holy Spirit of dreams and visions and creativity and whispered reminders that God created our world and everyone in it, that God sent his son to show humankind the way of love. The Holy Spirit reminds us that our tasks as believers are to be good listeners and to act in love. It does seem that remembering to notice, to listen, and then to act are the keys to being close to God. And it does seem that all of these are accomplished or not in split-second decisions each day. We have choices, so many choices, about noticing, listening, and acting. And it seems the push and pull of the world can cause us to forget, to notice, to not listen, to act unlovingly. 
Our days just happen so quickly, and our years in the world influence our reactions to the concept of following the Holy Spirit. We may wonder why we should attend to and follow this still, small voice. And I would like to offer that this way of God may actually be singularly about this wondering why. It seems in our hours and days, we sometimes simply forget to wonder. We forget to be curious as we accumulate years of experience in these lives. We get out of the habit of asking questions, even in our thoughts, because we do know lots of things. If you have ever spent time with a young child, you can easily see a contrast. Children know they don't know very much about the world. They can be so determined in their wondering. They can tempt us to consider that they may be setting a world record for the number of questions asked in an hour, or tempt us to try to divert their attention in some way. These are both comical and exhausting times. What is that? Why is it there? How did it get there? Who put it there? When will they move it? Why then? What, how, who, when, why, why, why? And in this way, our children share an important lesson about wondering why and staying curious. An important lesson for adults because we each hold a massive structure of assumptions, opinions, rules, past decisions, and outcomes in our minds. A solid structure very capable of blocking questions and faith just when we need these most. I'd like to share a story with you now. It has been around for many, many years and is probably familiar to many of you. It is a cautionary tale, and it goes like this. Once a woman was at the airport with some time between flights. She bought a snack, a bag of cookies, chose a seat in the waiting area, put the cookies aside, and got involved in doing some work on her laptop. At some point when she was concentrating and distracted from what was happening around her, a man sat to her left with an empty seat between them. And when she looked up, lo and behold, he was eating her snack, the identical bag of cookies she had purchased. He was helping himself, and the massive structure in her mind, solid and certain without question, began to judge. I can't believe this guy. So rude. He is helping himself, and he didn't even ask. I know what I'll do. I'll start eating some, too, before he eats them all. No words were exchanged. The man who was reading smiled a lot. The woman did a great deal of passive, aggressive glaring. 
they ate cookies. Then his flight began to board, and as he gathered his things, he said, I'm so glad to have shared that snack with you. There were far too many for me alone. Have a good flight. She looked down to her right then, and there was her unopened bag of cookies. She melted into her seat as he walked away. It took longer for the negative, toxic thoughts to melt away, rubber and glue in reverse. She had opinions and expectations that the world had taught, as we all do. And she was not curious about the situation. She leapt to certainty, reacting quickly before asking any questions, even in her thoughts and much less out loud. She just assumed and went over that cliff judgment can always provide. Let's think about this story again within the context of our triune God and the coming of the Holy Spirit twice and for all people. Let's think of a more gracious interaction and the questions that might have opened space for the Spirit to work in the mind and heart of this woman. The setting is the same. Here are possible questions. Isn't that interesting? I wonder why that man is helping himself to my cookies. I wonder if he's okay. I wonder if I have anything else I could offer him. Crisis averted. She could have then determined cookie ownership, not judged this man at all, maybe even shared something with him, and felt so differently when he walked away. In this frame, she didn't begin with assumptions and opinions solidified into judgment. She didn't begin to have negative thoughts about a stranger that stayed within her long after he left. She began with questions. She began with wondering about another human being and his circumstance in that moment. In this wondering, in this interest in others, she could be guided by the Spirit to generosity, caring, kindness, love. That massive structure in her mind could have been softened even just a bit, and the choice of love could have been written boldly across her heart. Questions could have led her back to herself as a child of God. As every five-year-old knows, questions are good. Curiosity is essential. In our lives of faith, the world and all the people in it are worthy of our attention, our wondering why, our listening for the Holy Spirit's guidance, and following faithfully. Why are you sitting there, standing there, 
kneeling there. Why are your eyes so filled with sadness? Why do you look so angry and so desperate? Why, I wonder. Amen.